Men, welcome into the Awake Podcast, an ongoing conversation where we seek to discover how we can live our lives awake, aware, and available to God in every relationship and every sphere of influence. Today, I'm joined by Joe Hishma. Joe, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Liam. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you. So guys, today we're going to be having a conversation under kind of the, the larger umbrella of the topic of identity, but more specifically talking about the importance of having ICNU conversations with your kids. But before we kind of get into some of the more practicals, um, Joe, as you and I were kind of discussing before this, this mm-hmm. idea of, of fathering our children is really just the, the outpouring of how God has been a father to us. That's and right. so I think before we kind of get into some of the, the, the specifics of how we go about doing this in our lives, yeah. can we talk a little bit about how God's doing this yeah, for us? Yeah, absolutely, and like? Liam, and everyone else listening. We, we speak of all of our father wounds, and that was our wounds that we had mm-hmm. last time, and all of that. We all have varying degrees of a father wound or different experiences with our fathers, from the super great to the um, not at all to the horrible. <laughs> but we all have a heavenly father. And that Heavenly Father relates to us father to son. And so um, that is the great hope of the gospel, right? Is that Christ has brought us back in relationship with our Heavenly Father. And as Jeremiah was calling uh, all of Jerusalem and all of Judea, uh, I mean Judah, back to a relationship with God, he writes, and the word of the Lord comes to him. And it says in Jeremiah chapter 9, it says, Let not the not let the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the uh, mighty man boast in his might, let not the, the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, just justice, and righteousness on the earth, for in these I delight. And so um, when I read that, when I read that, I looked at my life and all the things that I would compare my life with, with other guys, and everything that I thought God was impressed with. And I, I thought it was impressed with how much I knew of the word, mm-hmm. how much I was applying of the word, that's wisdom, how strong I was. And if it's not physical, which I've never been, <laughs> where it's emotional, <laughs> yeah. and being able to step in and give leadership to difficult s- situations, be powerful in, with influence, mm-hmm. or with riches, just what I have, and to compare myself either uh, coming out better or feeling in- inferior to others who have more than I do. And ultimately, it comes, comes down to is God is most impressed with those who understand him and know him. Hmm. And so as I looked at that, that's the, that's the hallmark of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Why can't that be the hallmark of our earthly fathers with their children and likewise their children with their fathers? Hmm. Do we understand? Do we know each other? And you're talking about more than just like knowing information about your kids yes. and about even our Heavenly Father. Can you help us to kind of understand a little bit of that distinction even? Sure, sure. In the same way that I um, know you, Liam, mm-hmm. I know um, I know your age, I know who you're married to, I know your position here, mm-hmm. I know a lot of your background with school, you know, University of Arkansas, you then went to a, you know, before that you were at Washburn Rural High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... He, he, there was a, that's information about you, right? But to understand 
why you think the way you do, to understand how you interpret what I say, mm -hmm. to understand what motivates you in your life. That's going to take a ton of time. Yeah. It's going to take a, a lot of conversation. It's going to it's going to be so much more than um, me knowing that you're at the top of the game in the fantasy football league right now. It's it's really <laughs> going to be for now. That's right. Um, so many times, though, if you think about what's most of our guy conversation is, it's mm -hmm. about those things sure well, how's things going there good and oh did you hear this happened you're in the playoffs with mm -hmm. the, you know staff fantasy football league. Mm -hmm. but the the larger thing is who are you and the longing that we all have is to be known and understood mm -hmm. not just known and respected but understood understood really means that you get it you you can see what i see about myself mm -hmm. and you you're calling it you're calling it not to just, you know, blow sunshine in my face, yeah. but to just be on, to, to understand, we all want that basis in relationship of being known and being understood. Yep. Yeah. Kids want that. That's absolutely. And they need that, even if they, they can never articulate that they need that from us or from their fathers. Yes. It's something that they desperately need, just as we need it from our heavenly father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so can you kind of now shift us into looking at what this looks like between fathers and their kids in you know, how we go about calling out that identity, the things that we see in them. To yeah. So if Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 talk about wisdom, might, and riches, that we're not to boast on that. I just think about the common areas that fathers um, encourage the, and support their kids on and their desire for their kids. It's usually has something to do, especially in adolescence with their academics, how they're grades, mm. you know, and what's your GPA uh, or athletics, how you doing? Did you make you know, the A-team, did mm -hmm. you get first string? Are you in first chair? Uh, did you get the award? Uh, or even potential future. Potential future as you are charting out their future for them. That's crushing for a child. Mm -hmm. It is, especially in this day and age, when there's so many areas to compare a child with. And in many of the sports and academic environments, you're out before you begin. Mm -hmm. If you didn't start three years ago, is that... I mean, right now, if you've ever gone to a, a high school counselor meeting at the high school, when they, when they tell you, uh, look, your kid may have taken... Your child may have taken the ACT... Uh, and I'm just going to tell you, you know, if if it's it's not going to get any better than ten more points, or not ten more points, and the ACT, it's much different. I was going to say ACT, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's not going to get any more than three or four points. Sure. Okay, that's the most we see. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, oh my goodness, you feel you feel so much like a failure mm -hmm. very quickly, and and so the things that our world is comparing, we just have to go against that, mm -hmm. and so far more than the academics, athletics, or potential future, we need to, um, fathers need to know and understand our children. That's a much greater principle and objective than top of the class in the school I want you to go to on the team I want you to play for. Right. So uh, one of the questions I have as you think about that, I mean, a lot of you guys have uh, children who are young, uh, some of you have children in adolescence, and some of you are like me, are raising adult children, or not raising, they're gone, So, but we Coaching. still have a role. Or uh, consulting. Consulting, consulting. that's right. right. Um, when, you think about, when you think about that, I just think about how much time you're getting with your kids on a daily basis. Uh, Patrick Morley, in his book, The Man in the Mirror, uh, quoted a focus on the family um, uh, research 
project that they did along with another with another state institution uh, college that they looked at how much time fathers were getting with their children how much meaningful interaction they were getting and they asked fathers how much time do you get each day with your child and each of them responded i get about 15 to 20 minutes a day with my child mm-hmm. now when i when i share that with you what goes into your mind 15 to 20 minutes a day and I'm assuming this is like meaningful time with them, not just like time around them. This is... Well, parental interaction, oh, conversation. Wow. That just seems like staggeringly low. Does it? That they would say, yeah, 15 to 20 minutes a day. Really? There's got to be more than that. Okay. Well, the researchers actually put microphones on the fathers who responded okay. and they sent them back home. So catch this. You know microphones on you, right? Yeah. So if I know microphones are on me and I've got this whole thing of how much time I'm having, I'm going to try to make time. It might be hours that I try to mm-hmm. have with my kids. Do you know what the final came out to be? Mm-mm. 37 seconds. Wow. 37 seconds was the actual time of interaction. In other words, they recorded the father talking to the child. Now, their time around their kids was a lot more. Sure. Okay? But the actual time speaking to the child was 37 seconds a day. And they averaged 2.7 daily encounters that lasted about 10 to 15 seconds. So two meaningful interactions a day, maybe. Yeah. And of those, they're lasting somewhere between 10 to 15 seconds. 10 to 15 seconds. I just, I'm having a hard time picturing that. Okay. It's crazy. All I can say is read the book. Yeah. That's just wild. (laughs) That's, That's all I got. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing on that. How much time of interaction does dad have with mom? Hmm. Okay. And sometimes it's even harder to have a meaningful conversation with your wife than it is your kids. Mm -hmm. I found as a pastor, as I talk to guys, guys will pray with their kids. They struggle when they pray with their wife. Mm -hmm. Some say, oh, well, it's easier to kind of play the part with your kid, but you can't fool your wife spiritually. (laughs) Others say, "Um, I just think I'm more authentic with my kids than I am my wife. Whatever the reason is, it's not happening. And Mm so you cultivate... You cultivate the relationship of knowing and understanding by time, interaction. I mean, those are all things that are necessary mm-hmm. to know and understand. Now, at the same time that I share that information, we have screen time that has gone through the roof yep. since that research. No kidding. I think that book by Morley was actually done in the early 2000s. Okay. okay? It was revised in the early 2000s. Think about since the phone has just transformed in that time. Yeah. You're talking screen time crazy. Like right now, the CDC reports that an eight to 10 year old spends six hours a day in front of a screen. Mm hmm. Um, an 11 to 14 year old boy spends nine hours a day in front of a screen. And a 15 to 18-year-old boy spends seven and a half hours. There's hope. When you grow up, you spend one and a, a half bit less. less hours <laughs> on a screen. But it's just, it's crushing to me. I yeah. mean, what's forming our kids? It, a screen is, if you go 37 seconds against six, nine, seven and a half hours, yeah. it's just no way anyone's going to win on mm-hmm. that one. No way a father can have as uh, much of a formational impact on their child when they're competing against screens. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I'm not saying screens are the tool of Satan. Yeah. Sometimes they can be, mm-hmm. but but uh, it doesn't have to be. If you if you look at it and um, understand what's going on in your child's life and try to speak into it, I can tell you this: if if dads were more intentional about this and created more meaningful environments for their kids, they'd probably spend less time on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just even thinking about the opportunity that's there and, you know, trying to avoid the doom and gloom picture that the amount of screen time kind of just makes me feel sometimes when I think about it. But I mean, I grew up in the generation where screens were a part of our lives from the time I was young until now and even more so. And so, and just the opportunity for meaning to be spoken into them and identity to be spoken into them in a way like you can know your kids way better than anybody from that That's screen right. is going to know them. So there's just such a great opportunity and platform that you have as a dad to do that. Yep. And if you look, this is just the data stuff speaking. Right. right. If you look at um, those behind the screen, mm-hmm. Google, Facebook, social media, all the, all the other ones that are out there, they know a lot about our kids. Mm-hmm. They know what they've been looking at on Amazon. They know what they've been listening to. They know what topics they're searching. They know them, and unfortunately, they understand them better. And it's not it's it's not a, a motivation out of love. It's just of content yep. exposure. They understand that when this happens, this happens, and then when they link those chains of an algorithm that connects this information to that information, it becomes far more powerful mm-hmm. of a sway and influence in their lives. Yeah. So it's it's that that's where the deal is. Is that we're when we neglect to speak into our children. Um, the world will redefine them. Yep. And we just, we can't afford to do that. Mm-hmm. Not when God has entrusted them to us. Mm-hmm. So then how do we start? Okay. So um, one of the things I suggest you have is just the I see in you conversation. Mm-hmm. This doesn't happen overnight and it takes some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the baby is not going to be born and you go, oh, this one day old baby, I see this yeah. in you and I see this in you, okay? You definitely can see love when you look into their eyes. Mm-hmm. You definitely can feel love when you look into a baby's eyes, but this is going to take time and it's going to take attention and it's going to take experience. And what I learned as a dad is everything I have with my kids now in their adult years was because I put the time in when they were younger. Yeah. And I built the relationship and I endured to understand their minds in the culture that they lived, in, the, in our family that they lived with us. So it begins with prayer. It begins with prayer. And I would just start praying for your kids. What would it look like for you to pray two minutes a day for each one of your kids? And if you have five, that's 10 minutes of prayer a day. Mm. If you have two, it's four minutes of prayer. I mean, really? Yep. Are we are we haggling over minutes mm-hmm. of prayer when prayer is the most we can do for our kids? We really believe that. Mm-hmm. So here's some of the things I, I'm thinking about praying. I mean, just challenging you to pray for your, yeah. your child. A, a growing faith. Uh, the strength of their mind and body and spirit a desire within them for integrity to look more like Jesus, a heart for ministry, a value for wisdom and understanding of who God is, protection from evil, 
a passion to make Christ greater in their lives, a love for truth and grace, a love for others, a forgiving heart when someone offends them, a band of brothers to walk with Christ with them, or a sisterhood of believers if you have a daughter, being generous with the gospel, the goodness and the gift of God in Christ. I mean, those are just some of the things, the constant things I'm praying for my kids on. And, and it's good to just write those down because nothing could bless your kids more than for you to put, pray for them. Yeah. And it's more likely to happen when you're trusting them in the hands of the Lord and yep. when you're orienting your life over being a blessing that moves them to that. Yeah, you're setting your heart and mind towards their good and praying right. for them and you know the likelihood of that spilling out into other parts of your life is more likely. You know, I yep. think about Tim Walker um, has shared with me before that he has these like trigger reminders mm -hmm. that remind him to pray for his kids. So yeah. um, I, I think one of them was like every time he hears a siren go by, which can happen a lot depending on where you live and mm -hmm. the city of Topeka, you know, might hear fire trucks if you're right by the fire station or yeah. whatever, and you might be praying a lot, but that triggers him to pray for one of his kids and he's got okay. other ones for the others. But something like that could be a helpful tool for sure. you guys who need something sure. to be like, oh yeah. I need to do that more intentionally. Now, every time I, I see a car crash, I pray for my dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a squirrel. Yeah. No, but I, I, I think that is good to have things in your life. Yep. I mean, I knew a guy who would pray at 11-11 every day. Yeah, okay, great. so there's just there, anything you can have to remind you to pray mm -hmm. is key. Set an alarm if you have to. That's right. Like I do that. I set yeah. alarms on my phone for specific things to pray for. Yep. So it begins yeah. with time, with, with prayer. Mm -hmm. It continues with time. Okay. What you're what you're looking at there is um, just time to be with, mm -hmm. and time to um, be unrushed, time to enjoy. I mean, for me, that was building forts and playing with Legos when my kids were little. It meant moving on to rescue heroes as they continued oh, yeah. to grow up. Uh, it was some video games. I even learned how to play some video games. We did played rock band and things like yep. that. But it was also taking hikes and going for a walk mm -hmm. or um, it, it was fishing or something like that. I mean, I, I wish I did more hunting mm -hmm. uh, with my kids, um, but I, I just didn't as much as sure. my dad did with me. Um, but there were other things we would do, take different adventures here and there. But that time. And then it calls out from uh, with experience. And what I mean by that, the I see in you conversation is really what you see in them. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be at a place where you call out good things because you see good things. If you're not intentional, it's almost a two-to-one negative to positive. Stop doing that. Stop. Yep. I mean... I had a dear friend who told me from ages four to 10, uh, his child thought his name was Stop It, Chris. <laughs> First name, okay. Stop. Yeah, Middle so, name, yeah. Last name, Chris. That's right. Stop it, Chris. <laughs> I mean, because that's how we can get if we're not intentional with yep. that. And if we don't show up, if, we, if we're holding them to a standard that they can't make because they're just not mature enough for mm -hmm. it. It's going to be so easy for them to fail and disappoint us. So to come in with time and just to observe what you see in them, and then as time goes, you're going to see patterns of what you see in them. What makes them unique? Mm -hmm. What is their motivator in life? Some of those are going to be 
constructive and others are going to be destructive. You want to call out the constructive ones because that's easier than to call them when they stray from that to go, it's just not who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And as unfortunate as it is, we cling to those negative phrases we and, do and repeat them. Yeah, yes, we repeat the them to voice. ourselves. And the more intentional we can be to, um, you know, come out with those positive reinforcing, you know, affirmations of who our kids are. Yeah. Um, you know, the, that can kind of balance the scales where it's like more sure. of the positive and less of the negative. And like you yeah. said, it's this just isn't who you are when it does become a corrective mm-hmm. angle. And I know one of the things that you've talked about before is even using those family values or ICNU conversations as a way to call them back to their identity and not just stop the behavior. That's right. But this is who I know you to be. Yep. And this doesn't match up with who I know you to be. You're right. So there's a, there's a lot of power to this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is really cool. It is. And again, you're, this isn't typecasting a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to fight the, the urge to name them who you want them to be and instead name them in reality, mm-hmm. who they actually are and what you see that's good in them. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. And guys, I, I know there's going to be a handful of us who are l- listening. I mean, myself included, that I don't have any kids right now in my home. And, you know, we just talked last week with John growing up in a home uh, without a dad really in his life. But even if you don't have biological children, adopted children, foster kids in your home right now, you still have an opportunity to have these kinds of intentional conversations with uh, with boys and girls who you might be mentoring or caring for, your nieces, your nephews, you know, if you're a teacher. And you, you have a powerful voice of influence and you can use it to make a positive difference in the lives of these kids by calling out these things that you see in them and, and calling them to live up to that, you know, yeah. who God has made them to be. So you just think about your life. Let's say you're not married yep. and don't have kids and you're a single man trying to follow Jesus in this world. Um, you need other men. You would love another man to come alongside and call out what he sees in you. For sure. Right? And when you stray from that to call you back, because that's just not who you are. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are things we all look for. I'm 57 years old, and I still look for it. I, I wish I could say I won't need that anymore, but mm-hmm. it's just that desire in me to look into um, people's eyes and to, to be affirmed, to be affirmed with who I am in Christ. And lo and behold, welcome, that's what the church is all about, to mm-hmm. reaffirm, us in, reaffirm us in our God-given identity in a world that would want to redefine us. Yeah. Yeah. And there are guys that are doing this right now in the church That's and, right. you know, our student ministry and children's ministry through young adults. It's, they're coming alongside younger men and calling out what they see in them. They're not married. They don't have their own kids, but they're taking the opportunity and the platform that they've been given to yeah. do this very thing. So even if you're not a father, you still have an opportunity to, to make a difference in the lives of these kids. So, That's right. Yeah. That's right. So Joe, any final thoughts before we close? I would just say, I mean, as you go through this, I've, I've put out some questions there of what do you think, what do you want to be the most powerful source of formation in your children? Um, and how do you structure their lives to this end? I mean, those are going to be some, those aren't going to be a quick one minute thought. You just need to really just think about what's happening. What's happening in our world is, um, I mean, I, I hate to go conspiracy theory, <laughs> but it's it's happening right well. If we're passive, if we're passive, passive, this is already happening mm-hmm. with our kids, 
And so we have to fight back to have an audience with them where we can know and understand them. But that's what they need the most. They don't need AI to tell them who they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it just gives them more of the same and more of what they want. You have to come in and be that light to them and be that man who reflects their heavenly father, who looks into their lives and calls them out of this into his plan and into his mission for them. Awesome. Joe, thank you for spending the time preparing this for us. And guys, I look forward to, um, I would love to just hear stories of how this is going with your your kids. And hopefully you guys get some time to gather together, especially around the holidays. I know it's going to be crazy, but be intentional with trying to gather together with your groups to um, continue encouraging one another and helping one another grow in intentionality in these areas that God is calling us into as fathers. Uh, and I would even say this. Um, I know some of you don't believe the 37-second thing that's happening, uh-huh. okay? I would just try to time yourself. Oh, that's how many a good words idea. you have? If you don't, how many words are you having that are somewhat mm-hmm. meaningful with your kids? Uh, I mean, again, I'm not trying to give you guilt and shame, sure. but it's just one of those things that shows us, my goodness, if I'm passive on this, mm-hmm. I'm at a, I, I'm not really being of of a um, a contributor and into the life of my child. Sure would be an interesting exercise. It would. It would. Oh, good luck to all okay. of you who are going to be trying that. <laughs> we won't ask you to turn in your report That's cards right. on that one. Uh, but guys, this is actually going to wrap up our 2022 season of the Awake podcast. In the new year, starting January 18th, uh, Joe is going to be kicking off our next session of the Awake study. And again, it's going to be a six-week opportunity for guys to gather together at their tables to form new relationships or deepen relationships from a previous study. So even if you have been a part of it in the past, and most of you guys who are listening to this have, we want to invite you back. We'd love for you to be a part of this because we've got all new content and a new opportunity for you to connect and continue growing with guys in your group. So be on the lookout for information about the new Awake study starting January 18th coming out to you soon, and we will see you guys in the new year. Thanks, guys. Have a good new year.